0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. <laughs> FM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And together, uh, we've got a week of double streaming reviews. Did I get that right? Yes. Yes, Yes, that's what we're doing this week. Um, And we're starting off with a film that is part of a franchise, sequel, prequel type deal. Uh, We are talking about
1: Prey. Guys, when I heard that there was a prequel to Predator, I will say straight up, this is not what I had in mind. And I will say that in the best of ways, because I feel like if all you knew is that this was meant to be a prequel to Predator, you'd have a very, very different movie in mind. They took that premise, they took all of that terrifying, scary predatorness, ness but made it into something really quite amazing. I loved Prey. I'm so glad I watched it.
2: It's so good. Like, I loved it so, so much. Like a thousand, a thousand million percent. I love this movie. Um, Because the same, I I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I knew it was a prequel. The poster looked good. The trailer looked good. uh, Or the teaser looked good. Um, And I was like, okay, we'll see how this goes. Because we've had so many bad Predator movies, right? Except for the first one. Every other Predator is so so it's like 50 50 or questionable with quality and stuff this is such a good movie and and it's also weird to say that um it's so cinematic like the shots are so beautiful it's a good looking movie but i'm so happy that it showed up on streaming like i wouldn't have wanted to see this in a cinema like i love that we got to see it on a streaming service at home
0: so I have, I think, between the three of us, the least attachment to Predator. I didn't really watch the original one. I therefore came to the mythology of the whole thing and the creature a little bit late. Um, a bit too late in the day to be scared by by Predator, I think, <laughs> which, which is part of the problem. But uh, having said that, I was ready for a good science fiction action film. And I think that that's exactly what it delivered. And it did so um, in the most... 2022 way possible because I don't think that we could have had a a movie featuring an Indigenous person or a Native American facing uh, facing down against a predator um, in a way that would have made sense in the past, right? This is something that could only have come in this day and age where there is this increasing call for more diversity of stories, more diversity of performers. And I'm I, I know saying that up front makes it sound a bit academic when it's really not the case. It's also a lot of squelching and mud and dogs, and you know, it's it's a great movie. Um, but I sometimes it's like, oh,
1: it is kind of nice here, 2022. Not bad. You know, I would disagree with you slightly, Arvind, in the sense that while I'm glad this was on streaming, I would have loved to watch this in the cinema. And exactly for the reasons Lynn just mentioned, the squelching and the the clicking, um, the dread that you feel. And, And I think this movie's, really quite clever because it knows you know what Predator is. It knows that it's not going to scare you anymore with the transparent appearing amidst the trees or the the sound of the clicking. So instead it plays with what you already know. Um, that and the fact that this movie is gorgeous, like it's shot in the... Um, the, in all of these natural spots in Canada, and because it's about the Comanche Nation, there's a lot of um, scenes that involve them and the landscape, and it's so beautiful to look at. Um, I did wish I could have seen this on a big screen, uh, but really, um, 100% agree with everything both of you said. I thought that this is a movie that could only have been made now, and I'm so glad that it hits all those marks.
2: So, you know, you said that uh, the movie knows that you know the Predator, right? That's the problem with all the other Predator movies, the sequels. They don't, they forget that you know the Predator. Um, So like a lot of 90s kids, the Predator was like my first uh, nightmare. We spoke about Mm. this off air. Um, I was so terrified of him the first time it it removes the helmet. Like I couldn't get that face out of my head for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, And then I instantly became like a huge fan afterwards. Like I thought he was very cool, like this creature who, who hunts for sport and then has like a Code. Um, The coolest thing about Predator is that it doesn't kill what cannot fight back. So it has like a compass and a code that it abides by, right? And the satisfaction comes when it thinks you're a threat and then it goes after you, unlike other slashers that just kill for fun. I love how this movie took that one concept and just spinned it again and again and again in different situations like it used that core thing about this creature that it will not kill what cannot fight it and it just it just made it an entire movie like an hour and a half perfect runtime like it doesn't the predator doesn't hunt prey the predator hunts other predators um, and I think that was the coolest thing like it, it's so smart how the movie used that to its advantage
0: So. This movie takes place in the 1700s, um, hence the the whole idea of a prequel, right? Because increasingly with Predator, um, we've seen... Is it a him? I, I've been saying him, but... I say him as well, but I'm not I sure... Say, I say
1: th- it a lot. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not sure they've ever made it clear. Yeah,
0: it's just a physique thing, right? That that results mm. in us, you know, lowly prey types calling it a he. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think with other movies, we've seen Predator placed in a variety of of circumstances, uh, but not necessarily one in which the technology differential is so great. So I think that that's actually something that's very cool. Um, so it takes place in the 1700s. Um, it features Naru, who is a uh, a girl who is just kind of itching or starting to push against the boundaries of being a forager for her tribe. She wants to hunt. Uh, She wants to be like her brother, who is a great hunter. Um, And in the process of tracking another animal and a fallen comrade, she starts to realise that there's something out there in the forest. And that's when she begins to track and decide that she wants to go after the predator, uh, who is himself just on the planet going like, ooh, snake, ooh, bear. <laughs> and, you know, just finding things out. And And it's really, that's the beginning of the story. But through it, it also becomes a, a quest movie. It becomes a search and rescue movie. It becomes a... a Colonialist movie. There's a lot of different stuff, uh, different things packed into, like you said, Arvin, a really nice runtime.
1: I think the lack of technology and the whole transposing of all of this, almost in this, and I'm not saying this to be hokey, um, this idea of the connectedness of the wild, right? I thought was so clever. And they did it without being heavy handed about it because um, now the predator appears and he almost becomes a sort of part of the ecosystem. And even the way Naru or, or her brother Tabe talk about him, it um, feels like they're talking about another predator that, you know, so there's bear, and now there's a bigger predator than the bear. Um, and I found that so interesting. And it's it's a way of thinking about this trope that you'd never get had they not thought to set the story within this community, in this point in time. And so there are these touches that I found so clever. I have to say, I don't know if there's been a better... Okay, barring the first, very first film, has there been a better introduction to the first time you see the predator, than in this, when you suddenly see him sort of covered in blood and you see the outline of his shape. Oh my goodness, that was terrifying. I, I loved and hated that scene so much.
2: I'm going to say straight up no. That that was the perfect <laughs> introduction. It was the perfect reintroduction to a slasher that we've known for many, many decades. Um, so I, I'm going to steal this uh, comment that I saw on a post on Instagram about the movie. Uh, someone said, that this movie finally solves the predator problem and the problem that the franchise has had for a long time. Um, they struggle to figure out where this creature fits in or where this alien fits in and how to make it fit with the uh, with the context of like people or technology or like a cityscape or, or setting, right? Um, you don't. Like like this movie proves that you you drop the predator in a setting that it absolutely does not fit in. So like period piece, I don't know, like ancient Greece, put it in a coliseum (laughs) as a gladiator type of thing. I knew Um, we were going to go down this path. I knew you, Arvin, would be the one to bring this up. I'm glad I was right. You can make like 10 different movies in 10 different like time settings or or periods in history where you just drop the predator in the middle of it. They're having some kind of a war, you know, civil war, drop the predator in the middle of it. Uh, They're having some kind of a a familial feud, drop the predator in the middle of it. And then you will have like an amazing movie like this. And this movie proves it. It doesn't even have to be long. You can have like a very entertaining movie
0: after this I'd like to talk not about The Predator because I have thoughts about that um, about specifically the way in which The Predator comes to represent certain storytelling tropes or certain storytelling high marks or pivots. I don't know why I've suddenly become Professor Predator <laughs> <laughs> like when, when actually I really just Both enjoyed... Of are like blood, go, yeah, and you like, like
1: diversity. Pivots.
0: Um, no but in all honesty I really enjoyed it as a straight-up action movie but I think that the reason I will re-watch it or come back to it or recommend it to others might lie in the story, which is not necessarily something I expected to come here talking about um, with Predator. So Professor Predator and friends will be back after <laughs> this uh, talking about Prey. Let us know if you've watched it. It is available on Disney Hotstar. Um, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bruce Freddie Morrissey, BFM 89.9.
2: There's something out there. I'm coming with you. It's time.
0: It knows how to hunt. I know how to survive. VFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmelan Arvin, and together we are reviewing Prey, which is the latest installment in the Predator franchise, although it actually kind of predates all of them. It is set in the 1700s, it's the first time we assume that a Predator arrives on our planet and has to face um, basically a brother and sister pair and some French people. So <laughs> let's talk about the story, right? Because when we meet Naru at the beginning, uh, Naru and Tabe, her brother, clearly have a close sibling relationship. Naru wants to be a hunter. She's looking to go through a rite of passage, the Kutamiya, in which she has to hunt something that is also hunting her, which essentially the whole movie then becomes. And I think that there is a lot in there because it's light on script, right? The story, actually, Uh, light on dialogue. I mean, It's, it's silent where it needs to be. There are exchanges where they need to be. But all of that come together in a way that helps you understand that this young woman is trying to do something that she's not expected to do, um, and it doesn't over it. It doesn't kind of force it down your throat. Instead, you understand and you feel for her, you want her to make it, and it's not just a primordial Beat the predator, he's not us kind of thing. You like her, even though she doesn't talk much.
1: I love her. Um, Naru's played by Amber Midthunder. Um, She's so good. Um, I love uh, Dakota Beavers. He's actually, this is his debut performance. He plays Tabe, her brother. Excellent performance as well. Um, They're so good together. I I think what I love about this whole storyline is the way it draws on so many things that you recognize, but then kind of, reclaims it in a way so there's the whole call of the wild narrative right typically you see that with some white man going off into the wilderness in this case they reposition it it's from the point of view of a um, an indigenous woman and it's no longer the the unknown. It's the place that she's the most familiar with. I love that. Um, the beauty of the the way they shoot these outdoor spaces, even the idea of hunting and what it means to particular communities versus the colonial um, narrative of hunting. Again, we're starting to make this all sound very academic, and it really isn't. But what I love is that a movie that is about the Predator, and features The Predator so prominently and does it so well, also manages to do all of these things. And I think there's something really quite great about that. I just
0: wanted to jump in to say that there's one drone overhead shot which was so lovely. I mean, in terms of the landscape mm-hmm. change and the, and that mm-hmm. edit was glorious.
2: I'll make it a bit less uh, academic. Go for uh, it. My, my, my favourite performance was actually The Predator um, yes. himself. Um, I I didn't look up who plays him I don't know what the actor's name is it's Uh, a former
0: basketballer actually so um, Dan Deligro yeah
2: Dan Deligro makes sense Makes sense, uh, because the physique and the body and the height and all, right? So for me, it was um, a lot of the older Predator movies have him looking or have it looking very clunky because of the suit and the The armor, armor. yeah, the guns and stuff. And you know that there's someone in a suit uh, in a lot of prosthetics. I I love how uh, minimalist the Predator's design is. I love how he moves. He's so uh, uh, fluid. And I also love the the fact that his mask and his helmet and and the way he looks uh, sort of... Sort of meshes with the time that he's in. This is, you know, this is from a different setting than the A lot more skin movie, and right?
1: bone than it is steel, right?
2: Which is really interesting. Yeah, really, really interesting stuff. I, I love the I love the prosthetic work. I love that a lot of it was practical, not CGI. Um, so his performance was, I think, for me, uh, my favorite, and, and the dog. Um, I, I, love I was going to say dog.
1: we have to give Sari some props. Apparently, a rescue dog. I was, oh, I love an the adopted
2: dog. shelter dog. <laughs> yeah. So sweet.
0: I don't think it's a spoiler to say. I, I, I feel that I should say this. Um if this is a spoiler, come for me, I'm fine. Um because if other people are like me, then there is one thing that's going to keep you um that's going to make it difficult for you to watch this movie and to focus on the thing in the way that you need to focus on. So I'm just going to say that you meet a dog and the dog makes it. I, I don't care if that's a spoiler. I just think that you need
1: to know this. No, people need to know this because I mm-hmm. spent three quarters of the movie traumatized that hoping that they don't kill the dog. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. And, same, and so, same. look, I know, I know that we are spoiler sensitive.
0: Usually we try to avoid any and all, but I knew coming in today that I was going to say this for people like me, for those of us who can't focus if there's an animal who's at risk. Um, so yeah, the dog makes it. And... I want also this is both of you's version, is it of like not professoring professoring it <laughs> like, oh yeah, skin and bone rather than steel fascinating <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the fact that um, the fact that there's such a huge focus on intelligence, on strategy, on the part of the humans, I thought was really uh, was really nice to see. Again, not something that we don't have a monologue, right? Uh, we don't have somebody standing up and making some big speech. This happens in small exchanges, but I appreciated it. I, I like that we can't out brute out brute force the Predator it's just not going to happen
1: well actually I re the very first Predator right before watching Prey just you know for a refresher I terrified myself all over again um, and I really liked how they called back to it I mean mm. um, we forget how the first film also was never really about outmatching the Predator in terms of strength it was actually figuring out how this, this thing hunts and then outsmarting it there's also a great callback to the whole Arnie covering himself in mud scene which I loved um, mm-hmm. uh, there are just lots of things here for fans. I think that that they'll take a lot of pleasure in, uh, but it doesn't do it for no reason except to call back.
2: So I, I wanted to get you guys' uh, uh, thoughts on this. So obviously, the movie has a message about gender equality, right? Um, and for me, and Lin, you touched on this a bit uh, before, but for me, I thought it was poorly done and very on the nose um, and kind of unnecessary. Because when the predator's around, you're already an underdog, just being human. Um, And I don't, I didn't like the way the movie sort of made her an underdog of an underdog because of the gender, right? Because for me going in, my my approach was she's already a warrior, she is protecting her tribe from this alien uh, um, invader or hunter, whatever it is. Um, And then I, not once did I think, or it didn't cross my mind that she's a, a warrior who's a woman. Until the movie pointed it out for me again and again and again with their jokes and their jabs, so I was like, "But why?" It could have been like a default setting, right? I get the underdog story. I, I know that you know you have to tell these stories and stuff. And maybe I'm seeing it from uh, a male lens. I'm watching it as a guy and not the the right judge for whether these things work. But for me, it was it was a bit cheesy and I thought it was done. It was poorly handled.
0: Um, mm, so. Yeah. I think for me, uh, one thing I will say is however however you think this movie is going to go, it probably will go that way. Um, and, and that's not a bad thing. It satisfies in the classic action tropes the way that you want it to. Probably even right within the first 10 minutes, you're going to be able to predict the general arc of the story. So that's one thing. But when it comes to the female, male stuff specifically, I, I like the fact that she wasn't a warrior. She wanted to be a warrior, but she wasn't one. Um, her axes were missing. she she wasn't hitting the tree so yeah I I like the fact that she wasn't that and maybe because I was thinking about watching this as imagining a little girl I guess uh, encountering this movie way too young as everyone seems to encounter Predator so and And coming at it from the point of view of, yeah, you know what, I I do want this exact storyline. I do want to see somebody be perpetually underestimated for no good reason to the point that maybe they even start to doubt themselves to come back from that. And so I don't think it was subtle, but I also don't think the rest of the movie was subtle. So it was okay for me.
1: I didn't mind it. I think also partly because, and this is me not knowing the dynamics of the Comanche culture in the first place, especially at that time. The movie doesn't say you can't do it because you're a girl. They constantly say you can't do it because you're weak or you don't know how to hunt. Or you're afraid. Or you're afraid or your mm. job is to forage and heal. Um, so in that sense, I think in a way they, they, they didn't they didn't feel on the nose. The other thing was, of course, ultimately, it was the fact that she wasn't a hunter. It was the fact that she, was, she came, from this foraging, healing sort of background that helped her um, in the end. Um, And so I thought that was a little clever thing that they added. So um, it didn't bother me as much. It's just that I think partly you have to accept this is a very obvious film. It doesn't do anything that you don't expect it to do. It just does those things very, very well.
2: I love the obviousness of it so right, much.
1: Right, right. That's the thing, and so because of that,
0: for me, the gender stuff being obvious still worked because mm, it's it's mm. part and parcel of the whole thing. So we've been talking today about Prey, uh, which just came out this year. It actually has a Comanche dub, which I could not find. We don't yeah, seem to have, have, have loved that option. To see it, yeah, yeah. That would have um, been so cool, though. Right, yeah, yeah. So I mean, here we watch it in English, but if you're abroad, I suppose you could actually watch it in Comanche. Anyway, great film. We all really liked it. Um, it is. Part of the Predator franchise, it's the prequel to start them all. Let us know if you've watched it, if you liked it. WhatsApp is 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind.